0: And for our discussion today, I am joined by Andrew Ferris, the CEO of eCognosis Advisory. Good morning to you, Andrew. Good morning. And also Lasha, who is Asia Chief Economist at BBVA. Good morning, Shark.
1: Good morning, Caroline.
0: Now, great to speak to you both. I think we have to kick off with Evergrande and their chairman being under mandatory measures due to suspicion of crimes with uh, the shares trading suspended. So what's next for the troubled developer? Is there a way out of this situation at all, Shark?
1: Uh, I have no idea because now it's already in this uh, legal process. Uh, we don't know, but we know that uh, this is related to some wealth management pro- uh, wealth management product issued by AeroGround companies. So, uh, But the interesting thing is uh, the authorities, I'm afraid they already know this one quite for quite a long time, but they decide to make the move at this moment. I think it's related to the uh, other consideration, for example, in the past, uh, uh, the Chinese authority they worry about uh, there's a lot of the unfinished project, and then the people they will make some demonstrations to to the government. So they keep Mr. Hui there, okay? And then, but by now, I think they they believe uh, maybe it's not necessary. Either they find a way out for the government, or they know that even they continue to allow Ms. Hui uh, It's not going to do a lot of help to do uh, on this side. So uh, I think this is very challenging. That means uh, um, if they can pay back the debt, they will do that in the past, right? Now, when he's uh, under arrest, so I'm afraid it's very difficult for these uh, uh, bondholders or for other uh, creditors to Everground to to have their money back, so I'm worried about this situation. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is bad news.
0: Andrew, what are you what are your thoughts? Well, so are investors in a mess? Here? I'll
2: start with an etymological uh, comment, Caroline, and this came from uh, native English speakers. As far as Everground is concerned, please be careful. If you spend more than you're actually earning, it's a bad idea, and don't commit illegal crimes. Please commit only legal ones. It's <laughs> much 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 nicer. Uh, yeah, uh, six creditor's meetings have been cancelled uh, clearly it doesn't look very good and perhaps the timing of the house arrest might have been much much better in other words the guy is not going to go anywhere okay uh, he's uh, not going to try to escape justice and perhaps doing it at a time that the state is unwilling to help resolve the ever granted uh, non-payments might not have been a good idea <laughs> if the guy has committed offences then of course uh, he should be tried and possibly convicted but uh, but not otherwise there is there is aspect you know us economies are supposed to be experts in timing and <laughs> said he sarcastically okay but uh, this this somehow takes uh, takes a little bit of a price
0: absolutely now let's move on to the the broader economy we've got pmi data due this weekend how important is that as a, a gauge of the health of mainland china's economy shark
1: uh, yes, I think uh, in July data, we see this uh, PMI, the old, almost all the active in- indicators are very bad, but they start to rebound in August. Uh, now, I do believe that uh, this September data should be a little bit better. Uh, I, I don't know why they can rise above 50, because that's very important threshold. Uh, but I don't know whether they can rise above 50, but it do give us some hope that the Chinese economy is stabilizing. After the Chinese authorities have done so many stimulus measures, they have been keep unveiling this one, the interest rate cut, uh, the reserve requirement cut, and on the housing market, they they try to lower the existing uh, mortgage rate. All these ones, they have done that one over the past summer. So, um, yeah, they, they should they should stabilize. Yeah.
0: Now, Andrew, you've been keeping an eye on all manner of the indices uh, looking at China's economy. What are you seeing it pointing to?
2: Well, as far as uh, PMIs are concerned, I'm afraid I never lose much sleep about it, particularly in China, where they move at a glacial pace you know I've, I've reading headlines it moved from 47.8 to 47.9 yay Hang Hang <laughs> you know it's not it's not it's not exactly uh, you know moving moving the earth um, number one and number two I'm afraid my needle is stuck I look at the price index of newly built houses in 70 cities and I think it's going to hit the 19th month that it is actually shrinking and that's my other little pet hate. It's improving! Why it's improving? Because it is decreasing at a slower pace. You know, if somebody's cutting my salary on a monthly basis and it's cut it at a lower and lower basis I'm not going to be cheerful. I'm going to be cheerful. I want the bloody thing to increase not to decrease. So a a great deal of it depends on um, on on how you 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 turn and seeing things at the end, I mumble under my breath etymological inconsistencies. Okay, or well, you know, if if that's the way it is being looked at, that's the way it should be. Remember, it doesn't matter at all what collectively we feel. What matters is is what collectively, collectively, we feel, as opposed to individually. That's a, that's a deep remark for you, Caroline, to match illegal crimes again.
0: <laughs> well, let's take a look at consumer confidence, because that's one of the, the things that we've heard a lot of talk about. And, of course, the Golden Week holidays are upon us. And, and that's often seen as an uptick for consumer spending. Stark, do you think that, that people are going to be splashing the cash this year?
1: Uh, I think um, if you go to China to, to check this uh, website, we'll see... Uh, I like to say that the flight ticket, the train ticket almost ran out, I think two or three weeks away. So that's a, uh, that's a very big, uh, uh, big, big peak season. Uh, but the, at the same time, if you look at uh, uh, these uh, people's confidence, uh, maybe there are enthusiasm of consumption, they show on this service sector, in these hotelings, restaurants, and now they spend a lot of money on this side uh, traveling, okay but at the same time one they make the big decision to buy these uh, durable goods, for example, uh, cars, okay? Or oh, you think about, uh, uh, in the past, the Chinese uh, housing, They are an- another type of the important the durable goods for, for Chinese uh, household. Uh, they become more and more kosher. Uh, I, I talked to people, that's very interesting, in China. They told me that uh, they are doing the business of the insurance business, and they find that uh, now they tend to sell very big uh, uh, value of their, uh, of their policy, okay? But they, it's difficult to see the small value of their policy because for this middle-income uh, class, now they become more and more conservative. In the past, they spend a lot of money to uh, buy, this, uh, uh, buy this insurance policy, make their investment, but nowadays uh, they try to maybe save the money for the splashing uh, over, the, over the, these holidays, <laughs> okay?
0: Andrew, how important do you think consumer confidence is in splashing the cash over the holidays?
1: You know, I I
2: would like to see at the end of the golden week uh, the numbers that my good colleague here thinks, not thinks, believes, and possibly it's absolutely true, is going to go up because I have an incredibly long-term view. I'd say long-term view going up to five to ten years, whereby China is going to become the biggest tourist market not outside China, but internally. You know, my favorite question is, is, which is the biggest tourist market in the world? And People say, well, it must be Italy or France. Nonsense. <laughs> United States. You know, the Americans don't travel overseas. They stay at home. And China has got everything. Uh, you can go all the way from the tropics in the south all the way up to, to, the, to the alpine in the north and anything in between from big cities to beautiful landscapes to historic places and, of course, improving continuously the railroad the railroad and of course the road uh, the road network which is crucial for developing a colossal domestic tourist economy so if something points good uh, to the Golden Week, then it's in general bad news for Hong Kong because it means the Chinese are staying home. Well, mind you, a lot of the Hong Kongese are now not staying home and they're going to spend their money in China. Well, you know, that's, that's not quite the way we would have wanted it. So, yeah, that is what I will be looking for rather than specifically whether this is going to be good for the, for the, for the country.
1: Yes, on this point, I'd like to add that uh, nowadays, uh, uh, the Hong Kong people, they want to spend their money uh, in Shenzhen rather than in Hong, yeah. Hong Kong, right? Yeah. So that means uh, if you look at the infrastructure in China, they have been improving. Although these uh, lockdown policies make China separated with the world outside for three years, but in fact, in China, they continue to improve their infrastructure in terms of this natural landscape, in terms of their accommodations uh, to tourism. So, yeah, that's why uh, nowadays the Hong Kong people, when they go to China, they find it uh, comfortable, and they they are willing to to spend money. Shenzhen has been there for for many many years, right? But now, the the, Chi, uh, the, the Hong Kong people they show greater interest uh, in spending in, in Caroline, Shenzhen. Caroline,
2: Caroline, here is something for your listeners. Okay, my next big Uh, biggie on tourism is of course India okay because it has exactly the same characteristics with China all the way to the south and all the way to the north and anything in between but India has a lamentable network of roads never mind hotels and so on but that's as I said it's the future I'm not looking now for the next five or ten years so I won't be around to see it but are you listening people okay (laughs) by tourism (laughs) I'm sorry I'm being flippant here all right
0: no, I think it's a very interesting point you, you're making there about the the rise of domestic tourism in the c- countries that large. Moving on to something else that happened this week, Wang Yimin from the uh, PBOC Monetary Policy Committee uh, said that China's economic situation is very different from that in Japan in the the 1990s. I, I think you might have something to say on that, Shark.
1: Yes, uh, definitely. I think, uh, of course, people tend to compare them together because they are do uh, Asian economy, East Asian uh, economies, and they are big. They they have been heavily influenced by Confucianism. But in fact, if we look at the China now, although they have this real estate bubble problem, but in fact uh, uh, the Chinese authority have been aware of this one for a long time. They, They try to in the past, they try to unveil all this policy to contain the uh, bubble. So that's a total different compared to uh, Japan over that time. Over that time, I think uh, people still get used to this uh, laissez-faire style to, to manage the economy. But in China, it's a different one. At the same time, if you look at the Chinese corporate sector, interestingly, Chinese corporate sector invests very little in this uh, 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 property market. That's due to the law. That's due to the regulation of the Chinese authority because they worry about that the situation. If this uh, property market decline substantially, then they have a very negative impact on the corporate sector. I think that they are very right. They are very right. Nowadays we see this uh, uh, property market decline, but this uh, Uh, a second-round impact on Chinese corporate sector is very limited. And uh, last but not least, I like to say it's a very important point, that China is still a middle-income country (laughs) by this time. It's not a rich one like Japan in 1980s, 1990s.
0: So it's kind of comparing apples with with oranges. Now, Andrew, I think this might be something you agree on and that we shouldn't really be comparing uh, central banks over a global trend.
2: Well, absolutely. You know, this is this is a tiresome little joke that I repeat uh, to frozen faces would have heard it several times. Take the four biggest economies in the world: uh, United States and European Union. They are increasing interest rates. Take the other two biggest economies in the world: China and Japan. They are actually either keeping them flat, like in Japan, like in uh, in China, or they are cutting them. So, you know, the man from the Mars seen the world through the eyes of the four biggest economies, and he was asked which way interest rates are going, he will say, yes, thank you very much. Next question, please.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think that's a very good way to end it. That, that there's no specific strict answer to this. Thank you very much to both of you for joining me today. That is Andrew Ferris, who is the CEO of Ecognosis Advisory, and Lachat, who is Asia Chief Economist at BBVA. Hope you have a great have a holiday. Have a great holiday weekend.